0: This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond takes a handoff run right to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown!
1: Howdy folks, welcome back to be the Cats. I'm your host, Justin Hiles, accompanied by my great friend Steve Mauer. And we're here to cover the very best of the Bearcats and the very worst every single week. And that happens to be this week. Oh. Steve, I don't even know what to say. I'm I'm so distraught. I was I was juiced. I was ready. I was ready to go off.
0: Well, I mean, Justin here, let me let me just say this. Uh let's start with a, just a tiny tinge of optimism from me before we uh, really dig into the game. Man, what an atmosphere tonight. Like that's the first time that building has really felt like that. Probably I mean, like I could feel it through the screen. The first time yeah. it's felt like that, probably since that last like literally the game before COVID happened. Like yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you want to put game. the Yeah. I don't want to, I don't know if you want to put like the West Miller, Georgia game up there. I don't really think people were that excited about that, but man, what a game that was. I just, just such an exciting environment for those players. I mean, even in the post game right now, um, coach Terry from Texas is saying that, um, that was the best road environment they've faced so far this year. You can hear at times like students were students, by the way, shout out to y'all. Y'all came out and showed out for game one in the big 12 and justin i think like you know you're just going to need that every game but i tweeted this from the account um with a gif of like that old gauntlet show with, where all the people are trying to hit you with the rubber rubber mats 16 more games just like that baby y'all get it, better get ready and then next year there's going to be 20 games of that so welcome to the big 12 houston couldn't even survive two games without taking a, a taking a, a road loss so um justin really before we dig into the game i do just want to say though I weirdly feel okay about getting a split. Like, it's probably not the split that I would have imagined. I probably would have imagined you take the one, win the one at home and maybe lose the road game. But I'm good with that road win. Like, and that, that was proof of concept for sure. This is a tough loss right at the end. But weirdly enough, I feel like Texas has a better ability to be better by the end of the season than BYU does. Because Texas has more like NBA talent and just college basketball studs. BYU like they're they're good but I just don't really think they have like that those elevational players that Texas does as we saw tonight.
1: Let me just put it this way based on the point that you just made. I'm going to sound so sad tonight. I need I need to brush it off. It's so fresh. For those of you who are listening on uh Wednesday, this is about 20 minutes after the game ended. But regardless I'd rather have both of these games be a win. I understand your caveat. Well, yeah. But it's uh. the, the way, of course. But even in this sense, if BYU flares out, we won a game against a team that, in theory, looked bad. And we lost a game against a team that looked good. So unless we want to put stock in quality losses... That sucks, but I don't know. I'm, I'm going no, I'm I'm to try to get the negative loss. energy out. No, I understand what you're saying. I'm going to get that energy out, and I'm just going to focus on this. This game was there to win. Yeah. It was there sure. to win. Everything was there. Like There are so many points in this game that we could have and should have hit the takeover button, but we allowed one person to stay in the game. It is the same exact thing against BYU, except the difference is that... I I don't know. Honestly, it's not that much different. I think the difference is talent. I think the difference is the ability and readiness to play in the Big 12. But I really think it comes down to talent because, quite honestly, look at BYU's best player who got hot and hit like nine or 12. And then look at DSU who just went absolutely off. You can't allow like this is a thing that is such a Cincinnati thing. You cannot allow players to have career nights against you and you cannot do it in back to back games. Like this is a very big issue that I don't think is being highlighted enough is that you're having guys who are who are unchecked. And I understand that you got a guy who's gonna heat up. you got you're gonna have a guy that has got gonna have a great game. You have to force that other team to utilize somebody else. And then when they can't utilize somebody else, they fall to the wayside. This is the issue happened with BYU, but of course we found a way to kind of level it off, but against Texas with a talent level that they have, you're not going to be able to rely on, you know, just letting one guy go off and hoping that it's all going to work out. It's no excuse for it. Here's the thing though, Justin, like
0: they, they they literally did not know that Dussou was gonna play and like he's been working up to it. Um and then um Kalen Shedrick uh was supposed to play. I think he was getting ready, but then didn't play. So Dussou was able to play. I don't know, I don't remember if he played on Saturday night against Texas Tech, but I mean obviously like he got injured last year and he wasn't, but he put up 28 points in like an NCAA tournament game in the second second round game last year. 28 and 10. Dude's a dog. Like I yeah. I you know, I'm really not as butthurt about like an absolute dude who could probably be like a a good bench player in the nba lighten us up like and the end of the game it sucks for sure i'm not like it it does suck for sure like don't get me wrong but i think that they had some chances to really put that game on ice and justin your favorite thing what did we not do well tonight uh free throws and Texas made nine overall free throws, not nine for 10, we were 8 of 15. Um that one point, obviously obviously, you know, the buzzer beater was the the actual bucket, but that one point was the separation between us and Texas tonight unfortunately. Yep. But here's the thing though, and you know, the, the Rodney Terry said it after the game, head coach for Texas. He said that Cincinnati is the best defensive team they will play this year. And for someone who has watched all of these games, all fifteen games so far for Cincinnati, I'm like, what? You you talking about us? <laughs> uh, this Cincinnati team? Which like, Cincinnati? You're not talking about like the Bengals? Like, uh, it is. I don't know. I I don't really think of us so far as like a really good defensive team, but. You know, other than DeSue, like credit to the guys, they really showed up. They were like, and you could tell they got out after it with the crowd tonight. They were diving for loose balls, getting on the floor, being active in passing lanes, getting steals. And I think a couple things that they just, you know, were not able to capitalize on was those free throws, like we said, and uh, just not being able to. I think there's a couple layups they missed around the rim too, which is just you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, and it sucks, but. I'm just more impressed with how far the program has come, Justin. And maybe that's just like an early, like cop-out answer. And maybe I'm hiding the pain and drinking the copium a little bit, but just imagine like what we've done, like, you know, a couple of last, last year or two years ago in West Miller's time, when we had our, the only good team in our league, Houston come in, like it was a, we had a running joke on this podcast, Justin, how close can we keep it? And, (laughs) Texas is a good team, regardless of what the metrics say and regardless of what's happened with them. They're a good team. They've got talent. And you, like, I mean, you you probably should have won. And that's, I just think that's such a, you know, a, the vibe switch over the past two games is such a a departure from what I was thinking was going to happen to us in the BYU game. I think I'm still riding high off the BYU win, to be honest, Justin, because, like, I thought for sure, oh, we're going into Provo elevation at night, raucous <laughs> crowd. We are going to just get run out of the gym. And we didn't. We won that game. And, like, you know, it doesn't really make me want to count the wins uh, in Big 12 play anymore. It makes that win made me really. And honestly, this game, too, like, I don't, I don't, uh, I'll check the spread. I don't know if we were favored, but like, this is definitely,
1: we were favored? Yeah. Four and a half for Cincy. Oh. Okay, well then, let down. (laughs) See, here's the thing. I'm really fighting my inner demons here, man. I'm getting pushed and pulled in every single direction right now. This is the worst part, because you look at what this game could have been, and I think the hard part is how much I agree with you, which makes the loss hurt that much more, because this program has made so many positive steps forward and i think there's so much that's been going well and you can clearly see the proof of it like you know like you said i mean texas definitely was probably the worst top 25 team as far as quality of wins quality of losses they had a you know horrible strength of schedule but they took care of it and then when it came to the ranked teams they played they played a number five, they played a number eight, and then they played Texas Tech at home. Those were their three losses coming into this game. They're still a good team. I think the hard part and the hard pill to swallow is just how close you are at the end of that game. It is your game to lose, and you lose it. That is the most Cincinnati yep. thing possible, is to have everything right in front of you and then have it swept out from under you at the last second. And this is a thing that I feel like we've just been so used to, and... When you get to the end of the game like that, you just need to put it away. And I think it's very difficult when you have all the momentum that you build out of non-conference. Things look pretty good. You had a couple tough losses against teams that you really wanted to beat. I would love, after the game I watched against BYU, after the game I watched just now against Texas, I would love another crack at Texas and Dayton because I think you got a good chance. Dayton, I don't know. Dayton might be good. But Xavier, that one's going to be tough going forward that one's going to be yeah. really tough but we're going to leave that one in 2023 here's the thing when you move forward from that byu game into this game you take a lot of things to learn which is the energy the vibe of the team you have that proof of concept to win you have this i said this on our um post game spaces but this was this was you've been cold you may not even be cold you've been lukewarm you took a shot you f- saw it go through the bucket and now you're like, okay, I can do this. Like, I can ball out. You've been waiting for that moment. That BYU game was that moment. It was the proof of concept, and now you finally can understand this is the identity that we want for Cincinnati basketball. This is that tough, gritty, grinded out type of team that we've been waiting for, and they went into a tough environment, and they stole one away. Then you take this into Texas You've got so much more energy behind it. It's your first game. It's a big game. It's a team that you want to take out. It's the team that everybody wants you to take out. And there's so much pressure and you get so close and you just lose it at the end. I think it's just one of those things that we're going to look back on and we're going to have a handful of losses. If we're going to look back on ones that we wish we could have had back, I think this is probably at the end of the year, I hope this is the case. But I think by the end of the year, this is probably going to be one of the games that you want back. Because a one-point loss at home against a ranked team to start off your Big 12 home play, there you really couldn't write it any better just being able to get that 2-0, get that monkey off your back, get that back-to-back top 25 win. You need that energy so badly because you are going to get the shit beat out of you the entire rest of the schedule you might not lose you might not win but you are going through the gauntlet it is going to be tough and you're going to wear down and your guys are going to get tired you got to find wins when you can
0: well okay yeah and i, and I agree with that and you know i i definitely think you know, like this was a winnable game they probably should have won i'm not really happy with them losing of course but um I like in your point, I will take out of that, you know, it's going to be a a really tough league. And my expectations for this year were already like, you know, not low. And then, but they, I wasn't really over the moon, like gung ho, thinking that we were going to really win like real off 25 games, 25 wins this year. You know, I, (laughs) I kind of am like trying to keep my excitement to a moderate level just because like we really still don't know all of the trials and tribulations that we're going to go through through this season. And you know, how shitty did they look in their 11 wins and two losses before Saturday night? Like we can't like throw out possibly, I mean, you know, their two best games right now are obviously the wins against Georgia tech and BYU. Those are their two best performances where they've really come through on both sides of the ball and really been able to win out. And this was another great performance tonight, but I'd put this up there. I'm not going to yeah.
1: lie. This is, this goes right with it. Yeah. I think Texas th- just found an answer. Yeah, this is for a great sure. Game.
0: Yeah. And dude, they're an elite a team. Like, you yeah. know, the, you're it's, you're going to play a lot of those teams this year. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, I think we can't, you know, and I'm not going to tell you people to not be upset because, you know, do what you want, be a fan. Um, but I think I just, we should all just remind ourselves about where we were, you know, five games ago, seven games ago, before the season started, and try to, like, keep that mental image in your head of where you thought this was going to be and not try to let yourself get overinflated or deflated By every game because we're going to be playing literally quad one and two games for the rest of the season except for west virginia because man they are hot garbage dinky yeesh they might be a
1: quad four by the end of the season they already are oh well (laughs) that home game
0: is at least so
1: (laughs) ah see steve i think the hardest part for me here is i agree there's you definitely are going to have to keep a level head to be a cincinnati fan through the season because it's going to be really difficult we already saw that with football and it was very tough. They weren't giving us a whole lot of reason to keep a level head. Um at least we've got a little bit of an answer here so far. Um and I, and I am very encouraged by what we saw against Texas. I mean, here's the thing. You know, with Disu like like you said, this is a guy that they weren't necessarily expecting to play. You're you're not counting on that. You're expecting that you are going to have some amount of a download presence, but if it's anything like BYU and looking at the matchups like you had against BYU and you'll have against Texas, that size advantage, you're supposed to bully them down low. And I think they did a great job of that. I think Cincinnati did everything possible that they needed to win except for free throws. And I think I'm going to I'm gonna go into a little bit of my breakdown for this, too, because there was a few things that really bothered me in this game, and I just want to air them out. And I'll, I have some positives here too. It's not all negatives. Trust me, there's lots of positives too. I think one of the biggest things is we're still seeing a lot of hero ball. We're not seeing a lot of ball movement in the way that we should. There's so many isos. There's so many like just <clears throat> you, you've got a you've got a high screen pick. You're waiting for somebody to like go do something and dish it out. And then they play hero ball and they take it straight down the lane and they've got a three V one, they've got a two V one, three V one, sometimes four V one. And it's just unnecessary considering the size matchups that you have. And this is a thing like I saw today with day day I, I I think I saw him miss five layups, five. And yeah. in all of those situations, he's at the top of the key. He's busting straight down the center of the key full, full head of steam. Gasses everybody. That's great. But if you put it off the backboard and it's going over the rim every single time, that's on Wes. You've got to change something. You got to tell him to back off. You got to tell him to dish the ball out. You can't expect this guy to take the exact same take and miss the same take every single time. I think he did a fantastic job of covering covering Abbas. I don't think that the offensive side was necessarily going to balance that out i think what you saw when you have a guy like jizzle go in you saw the energy shift immediately and i mean we've been talking about this all season who's that guy who's going to go in and get you a bucket literally put jizzle james on the floor you will find a bucket within two possessions that is what he has done every single game that he's been put Man, in this season
0: that baseline jay is just so pure it's oh, i mean it's so it's pure money.
1: it's like, money I've... every time <laughs> I've talked about this before, but like my favorite my favorite basketball player in the N- NBA is DeMar DeRozan. His game reminds me so much of him because he's just got that pure, like Kobe-like kind of just pure jump shot where he's going to take it off the screen, he's going to run up, and he's going to shoot it. It doesn't matter if he's got coverage in his face. It doesn't matter if he's wide open. He's going to hit that. He's going to find it. He's going to hit it, and he's so, so good between the arc and the paint. Like, it's just incredible. I've been so impressed. With that said the part that really bothers me here is you did so many things right in this game. You had so many guys do so many things right, but then you fail to hit free throws. You fail to do the literal most basic fundamental piece of basketball, an unguarded shot where you get nobody in your face. You get to take a breath and take a shot straight down the center and you fail at that point again, like I'm not, this is not calling anybody out because there was plenty of guys who missed those tonight. But like you said before, one point was a difference in this game. One free throw was a difference in this game. One free throw at any point during this 40 minutes of basketball was a difference in this game. And you just can't let your team lose based off of free throws. But this is the thing that has been a Cincinnati problem for seasons on end. And it just drives me insane. Because it's such a simple thing, I understand that. Like, I'm not going to go out there and make the free throws, but I'm also not paid to go out and make the free throws. I'm a podcaster, not a basketball player. I just talk about it. Go you out tell and make them to the shoot free
0: them when throws. they're
1: tired. <laughs> go out and make the free throws. Like, I I understand, but it's like this is such a simple thing. This is not. This is not trying to you know make a three with two guys smothering you in you know with no time on the clock to win the game. Like Seamus, I think he got an okay look, but it wasn't great at the end. And that is what it is. That's not what you're asking somebody to do here. You just have to do the fundamental things. And Texas did that better than you tonight. And that's the reason that they won.
0: Bearcat fans, make sure to head on over to Charlie Hustle. They have the best Big 12 gear by a mile. And I'm not just saying that. Go check out the site. A lot of great schools on there. If you're supporting a second team, Definitely a, the place to go to get your first shirt supporting that second team. Uh, this week they are actually doing a hardwood must-haves collection. They're dropping new collections every day. They just did one for Kansas on Monday, K State on Tuesday, and I'm sure a bunch of the other Big Twelve schools that we've grown to know and love, and the, uh, as our friendly rivals, will be released later on this week. So go on over to Charlie Hustle, use the promo code ten twelve fifteen. That's the 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 word ten. And then the numbers one, two, one, five for 15% off your first order. You don't even have to get a college shirt there. Justin, there's a shirt that says 1776 USA drinking team, which I am quite fond of with red, white, and blue solo cups. There's also just some plain t-shirts where if you just need a comfortable t-shirt, get it from Charlie hustle, man, go support the brand, go support the guys that are supporting the big 12, go shop at Charlie hustle. Again, that promo code, the word 10 and the numbers 1215 15 for 15% off at checkout yep and then uh um, you know the only that that and then uh, the turnovers were the only things that UC was really not either close or uh winning tonight on the total uh team stats like everything else is pretty much a win for UC one rebounding battle more assists um more blocks uh you know more fast break points just two less points in the paint nine less fouls i like you you have to be i mean you know for 38 and a half (laughs) sorry i'm so upset i knocked down my (laughs) my microphone for 38 and a half minutes they played great it was just that last you know 43 seconds that really hurt you
1: and well real real quick too you mentioned the point on fouls a nine Texas having 19 fouls and staying so disciplined that you only have 10 in this game, you have to take advantage of that. That's just obscene. Like you have to take advantage of that. They gave that to you on a silver platter. You have to win with those now, circumstances.
0: Here, let me ask you this: like, let's talk about the like
1: the last segment there.
0: You know, uh, Newman. You know, obviously misses the free throw, and then um, you know we let them play uh and you know miss goes one on one gets uh gets iso and just you know gets a gets a good bounce like literally just a, he got a good bounce and game's over would you have called a timeout there in that situation just to really like or or call the like you know foul and then try and call a timeout right there cuz you still had fouls to give you know try and get a half court defense set up instead of just just letting them drive down and play. I mean, that is the Roy Williams to just keep pockets in your uh, timeouts in your pocket at the end of
1: games. But I I mean, wh- what would you think about that? Call it, brother. Call it. It's there. It's the chance that you have. They have a final possession there. There's literally it's the shot clock could go to zeros and you could win the game. Call it when you have the lead. Like, it's just one of those things that you have to, like, take the chance to reset. I understand you don't want to give them a look. Maybe you want to play. When we miss that free throw, I think this is one of those things. It's it, basketball is a game of runs. It's a game of momentum. That's all this is. You can clearly see it, especially in this game. Insane game flow, by the way, for anybody who looks at this chart. Just, yeah, this is really back and forth. All it's game. like a this DNA a spiral game, the whole like, way.
0: It- If you're not a fan, if you weren't a fan
1: and you were watching this game, this is a great game. Yeah, this is an instant classic for Cincinnati and for Texas. Like, unfortunately, it's not an instant classic because we lost, but it's an instant classic. Regardless, you look at the way this game shakes out. You you have to understand that the second that Newman misses that free throw, you got to call it timeout. You have to reset. Okay, now we got to have a plan because all that happened after that, they get the ball, they go down the court, and now it's Texas's game to win. And they got some hoopers like this is not like a fraudulent team. Like this is a team full of guys that can make a shot. And of course, they get it to their one marquee guy. The thing that still pisses me off. And this is a thing that I will hold on to forever as long as I think of this game. Was it a travel? Was it not? I, I'm not really I, I don't care.
0: I like to be honest, like you're going to get screwed by referees
1: all the time now and like, see here it, yeah, and that's i i agree with i agree with you there i'm I, i'm pissed because i personally believe it was travel let me I'm just bias i want to i want to
0: hear your take i don't want to Dallas water no, no, no. Or i understand
1: take just like that but like it's the the problem is if you plant your foot and that foot slides you are not staying stationary on a pivot foot that by rule is a travel you don't get to slide a foot and then not have it called a travel regardless here's my point you need to make that free throw if the shot before God forbid you get another Victor lock and dagger three to finish out the game. If you could have that, if you could have had all these other free throws, you could have, you had so many opportunities in this game before this one free throw. And before this situation that a travel should not decide the game. I understand that if you, if they call a travel, which absolutely I would have loved that anybody, any Cincinnati fan would have loved that. If they call a travel, Cincinnati gets the ball back, they foul, they're in the bonus, game's over. Like, you can you can cement that away. But you should not get to the point in the game where that is the thing. And unfortunately, because it's the Big 12, because it's Texas, because it's the game that it is, sometimes it might come down to that. But that's the thing, is you have to take care of business before the final 20 seconds in order to make sure that that does not become a problem. And unfortunately, tonight, that was the case. And, you know, I, I want to... Aside from all of these other things that kind of sucked in there, I really do want to highlight this. Seamus finally had that, like, coming out game. Like, I think he's done well in some of the other games that he's had, but this was a huge, huge performance from him, especially in the second half. He went off, like, unconscious. And, like, he made some really clutch shots that really just gave us that momentum that allowed us to stay in this game. And I was really happy that we saw that from him. I think another thing that I really want to highlight here is again, like Vic, 17, Seamus, 19, Jameel, 11. Like you've got some guys that are making these contributions and they're doing it fairly consistently. Great game for Jameel, but Vic, man, like Vic has been the one consistent point. He is averaging like 16 points a game, something like that. Like he's, he's up there. Like he's doing 15 points a game, whatever it is. He's doing a very good job of giving us a consistent baseline And he's doing it at a very high level and he's got other guys around him that are helping him out, but he's doing a very good job.
0: You know, who's earning his minutes right now. Josh Reed, man, like yeah, comes in, hits two threes, plays some solid defense. Like right now I wouldn't mind giving more of Dan's million minutes to Josh Reed. I mean, Dan played a little bit better tonight, you know, wasn't able to hit a three. Um, And he had that, did have that one big dunk, which was nice, but Josh is just such a reliable player on the defensive end and anything he gives you on offense is a, is a plus. And if he's found like the three point shooting, uh, like stroke right now, I let him let it get him some of those, yeah. some more of those minutes off the bench. And um, the announcers said that they thought that Jameel played his best game as a Bearcat tonight. I probably would agree. I think he played really well and he, mm-hmm. he was stout on the defensive end. And man, the thing I love about Jameel is that he just flushes his dunks. Like it, how many t- basketball players at the university of cincinnati justin have we see just you know go up and you know just try to lay the ball in lay the yeah. no no no. <laughs> Jamil's like get out of the way i'm slamming yeah. this mother home so i was happy about that um the only only guy i'm kind of was you know i mean aziz putting up a zero i know he, he went up uh he, he was hurt a little bit tonight and he yeah. was playing against some better competition, still a, a positive defensive force. Um, yep. And then the other one, though, is like Newman only giving us five. Like that. that like we need – we probably need like a, at least five more points from one of these starters um, more consistently. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to talk about this too, Justin. Why, why don't we just talk about it now? How many more games does Day-Day get in the starting rotation before you just – you gotta just let it dude, let it jizzle cook is dude, it we,
1: after kansas no i i said so uh hunter and i actually talked about this on yeah the yeah i listened it was, it was great by and the way it's like if you guys want to live in that byu glow just like me <laughs> yeah. go listen to the episode this is this is one of those things that's really like frustrating to me because i come back to this over and over again if you look at day day's minutes in this game and i i hate i hate singling out people like this, by the way, like I, I don't want people to take this as like a negative thing, but like just speaking plainly of what's clearly being seen on the court. Day Day is going one for seven. He's offering you three rebounds, three assists, a turnover and a foul, two total points on 26 minutes. This is your starting point guard. I understand that our our system has completely changed to where we're so reliant now down low and we're reliant on these bigs and maybe it's just his job to pass but every single time like i said earlier you're just seeing him blitz with speed and that's great but you have to be able to finish you have to understand that sometimes that's not your night and i think this is the thing that we felt really frustrated about with Davenport last year is sometimes you can have a great night and that's great but if your baseline ends up having you miss a lot of shots and has volume That can work and you might still win in the American. That does not work in the Big 12. Like, it just flat out won't. Teams will take advantage of that and every single missed shot will count against you. I understand that that's such a, like, cop-out kind of thing to say, but in this conference, every shot that you miss will just haunt you because, again, this is one of those things. If he makes any single one of those buckets, look at the difference in the score. Look at the difference in the momentum. Look at the way this game gets set out, and it's not just him, it goes down to other guys' mission shots too. I mean, even Dan, you know, had he went three for eight, which is okay, but you know, given the energy plays that you have, but oh, you know, oh for three from three, you know, and going three for eight, and then you have again John Newman going one for six. Like, you have to have some of these guys show up, and I understand it's not going to be everybody's night, but when you can see that it's not somebody's night and it's starting to fall apart, don't keep going back to the same thing. And that's a thing that I feel like that comes back on coaching, and I feel like that comes back on just cycling it out, trusting the hot hand. And I think that sometimes we don't necessarily do that, and we don't have the discipline to keep those guys in. And this is where I come back to Jizzle. Look at the difference. 26 minutes tonight for Day-Day, who offered you one for seven, 15 for Jizzle, 15 minutes for your spark plug, for your energy guy, for the guy that goes in, drops in, gives you a bucket, and then next thing you know, that whole game flips on its head. It happened to BYU. It happened against Xavier. It happened against you know, plenty of other situations. And you're just now looking at this, where it's like you can't have this guy in for only 15 minutes. He is a major impact player. I feel like you got to put him out on the court more. And I don't. I feel like Day Day is starting to. If you're not going to make him start. Give them equal minutes. I want to see 20 from both of them. But do not let this balance get so far out of whack when it's just not giving you the offensive output that that position desires and honestly needs, especially in the Big 12. Yep. Uh,
0: real quick, Justin, um, You know, speaking of the Big 12, uh, BYU is leading at Baylor at halftime right really? now, 30, 36 to 33. Bearcats do visit. Baylor next at their new arena with uh, the, the sting camera angle all the way up in the rafters <laughs> there. Literally you staring down from heaven. That's like, it was an NKU ass camera angle. So I hope <laughs> hope everybody's ready for that. Um, but man, like I, I do agree. I am coming around to your way now, Justin, like it, that's just, that's a tough L to take, especially when it was a winnable game. Um, and you're right. We do need to be stacking up wins uh, as much as we can right now because we don't know what it's going to be like in the Big 12, and you know Aziz has already been hurt a couple of games. Uh, CJ Frederick's out indefinitely. Um, hopefully, no more cars are driving around on campus. Um, it just, you know, it's it's going to be a long season. And you're right, like we definitely should have had that game. I'm, I don't want I don't want anybody to leave this podcast saying Steve thinks that losing is fine. <laughs> I don't think that losing is fine. We definitely should have won that game. I'm just more impressed with how far west miller has taken the program when yeah. i was doubting him at the start of this year and through however many games like i i definitely had some doubts and you know we we're not getting it It's night and day between football and basketball like we look competitive we look like we're we're day one ready as a certain athletic director
1: would say well and let's look at this too i mean like i said we're gonna walk away from this and you're gonna want that game back but At the end of the day, Texas is a Big 12 team. Texas is going to the SEC. They can trout that all they want. But they're a good team, and they're a good program, and they're a very good athletic university in general. This is a high mark, and there's a reason that everybody wants their head, and there's a reason everybody wants to beat them. It sucks that you didn't get it over them, but you can clearly see the proof of concept. You can see the system working. And let's just look at this, too. Free throws, 53% tonight. That sucks. That's awful, but as a team shooting 47% and shooting 41% from the three, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take the 41% from the three. You're taking better shots. I do think that they took some better looks tonight. I think the unfortunate thing is you're going to have teams that are really good, and then there's going to be teams that are going to be really good, and you might not have a great night. I think the thing is, this is not an off-night. This is an on-night for Cincinnati. So if this is an on-night for Cincinnati and you have this close of a game, you're right. Yeah. You're just you gonna win. have to find a way to tick it up a little bit because when you have an off-night, it's not going to be pretty. It is going yeah. to be very, very ugly. Yep, you're right. And I and I think you just moving forward, you know, you come off this game, we've got uh Baylor next. This is one of those things where you've got an away team at 14. If they manage to pull off a win over BYU, who's still ranked, who still looks pretty good, they're going to only look even better. So that's another opportunity to win. But also I will remind you that Baylor is the best three-point shooting team in the country. That is what BYU thing- was. Sorry? I thought BYU was. I think it's Baylor. I'd have to go oh. look again,
0: but I'm pretty sure See, it's See, BYU
1: lost the mantle
0: after the Bearcats came well, and played <laughs> them. So look what's look- going to happen
1: on Saturday. But look, this is a thing that like these teams will offer you offense. These teams will do a very good job of giving you their best every single night. And it's not going to be easy. And so for a team like Baylor that you have coming up, you got to get right. and You got to get right quick. And I don't necessarily think they were off, but you got to be ready to go into that environment. And you got to be ready to put up again. And that's the thing is this is this schedule is going to get very tiring, very fast. And you're not going to have your first break until UCF and I would not count that as a break. UCF did not look very good against Kansas State, but it's going to be hard. <laughs> We're yeah. used to playing UCF. I don't we'll think see how they, be any... they do at home tomorrow against Kansas. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be any easier, and I really do think that there's a uh, bit of continuity between some of these teams in this conference that you know there might be a little bit more of a level playing field because it's the Big 12, it's, it's a little bit of a cannibal conference. There usually aren't any just clearing away winners. There's just a lot of teams that do pretty good. And the average out, if you're in the middle of the pack, you're doing a great job. Again, this is the thing that I think is the biggest takeaway from today. You lose that game, well, if you have 16 more games to go and you want to reach 500... You got to win one and lose one for every rest of the games that you have. And so that's where, again, you just got to, you wish that you had that game to just kind of give you a little bit of a buffer, but yep. alas, yep, I agree. Here we are. Yeah,
0: I agree. I, yeah, I, it, it's just going to suck in the morning. Um <laughs> Looking at the, the standings and the schedule. Um, But I don't know. I, I, I just feel like we, like I said, 16 more games, long way to go. I think there's some winnable games on the schedule. And I think as long as you keep that mindset that you had before the season started, let this team surprise you a little bit. Like, you know, obviously BYU was definitely a surprise to a lot of us. Like, let them keep surprising you again. I think this is just a great year, great time for fans to like, let this team really show us what they're made of because they've got 16 more chances against the best conference in basketball.
1: Very fast question. Who are we rooting for right now? Are we rooting for BYU or are we rooting for Baylor?
0: BYU, baby. We haven't
1: played Baylor yet. We got yep. that BYU win already on the, yeah. on the schedule, and we don't I'll, play them again.
0: So. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Let them keep winning. <laughs> we got anything else tonight, Steve? Uh, no, sir. Um, it just, again, shout out to the environment tonight. Uh, I
1: could feel yep. it through emanating through the ESPN+. Plus. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. Um, hopefully we can snag a win at Baylor coming up, but bearcats still do start 12 and 3. Looks pretty good. Start to the big 12. See if we can continue the juice, keep it up. Things aren't looking so bad, even if it hurts right now. A little bit of a sting, but we'll be back.
0: Bearcats greater than bears. Viva La Cats.
1: Viva la Cats. Perfecto. Oh wait, Charlie Hustle. <laughs> Well, uh, we can add it in. Okay. I'll do it fast. Can you send me a link? Yeah. Cool.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.